Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour toll-free. Our number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Um, What's fascinating is if you look at Glenn Youngkin's victory in the Commonwealth of Virginia as governor, it's it's very telling. I called it the canary in the coal mine. Then when you looked at, you know, here you have Phil Murphy in New Jersey, and, and we did put on the Republican opponent, kind of lackluster, but a nice guy, And nobody saw that we could have won New Jersey. New Jersey's governorship could have changed. It was that close. And nobody saw it. So to me, from my perspective, every single race now is important. And I don't care if it's in a state like New Jersey. I don't care if it's Virginia. And I don't care if it's in New York. Now, since Andrew Cuomo has been replaced by uh, the new governor, Kathy Hochul, um, well, uh, we now had a poll come out showing that Congressman Lee Zeldin of New York is within almost within the margin of error, four point race, but straight up between him as a Republican and the Democrat, Kathy Hochul. And then there's this odd, you know, you don't know what's going to happen factor that Andrew Cuomo might run as an independent. That's that. But that would make things interesting. What does it mean for New York? It means that I actually, truly, for the first time, believe that New York might be ready to say enough is enough and elect a Republican governor to fix things and change things, which it desperately needs. If it wants to be competitive and stop bleeding out uh, all of the residents that have, I mean, the, the exodus is just like California, just like New Jersey, just like Illinois. And and people have said they've had enough, and they're just they're just leaving. They're packing their bags, selling their homes, and they're moving to states like Texas and and Tennessee and the Carolinas and Florida is inundated. Home prices in Florida have never been like they are today, in large part because there's, there's little demand. 
uh, there's a little inventory on the on the market because there's such a high demand. Um, anyway, Kathleen Hochul has now put forward a record, you know, deficit creating budget, announcing a green agenda for New York um, and saying that by I think the years 2027, you know, we're going to have to build uh, skyscrapers with toothpicks based on there'll be no use of any fossil fuels at all in the building of anything. Well, what if you need a generator? Where are you going to get that generator from? Anyway, listen. I'm now announcing a nation-leading $500 million investment in offshore wind energy that will create thousands of good-paying green jobs. As we build out our wind energy capacity and continue our transition to clean energy, our reliance on fossil fuels must be phased out. In September, I announced two clean energy mega-projects to put us on a path to achieve the ambitious goal of cutting 80% of New York City's power plant emissions by 2030. New construction in the state will be zero emission by 2027, and will build climate-friendly electric homes and promote electric cars, trucks, and buses. She's basically surrendering to the climate alarmist religious cult, the New Green Deal radical socialist, and adopting it as her complete agenda. This will render New York a state incapable of any significant growth, probably for a long, long time to come, because nobody's going to invest in New York. And New York City in particular is last in the nation in terms of getting jobs back in this sort of post-pandemic time that we're living in. You know, down by nearly a million jobs at this point. Uh, anyway, Lee Zeldin joins us. He is a New York gubernatorial candidate. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've always thought this was an uphill battle. It still is an uphill battle. But I think that all of, I think that Kathy Hochul, with with this speech, this one speech, has created an opening where you could actually, as a Republican, win the state of New York. And we got an early indication in the last election as Nassau County, Suffolk County, upstate New York, Westchester County, all went red. These were not red before. And, and things are changing dramatically in the state of New York. I think people have had it. Yeah, it's great to be with you, Sean. That's right. While there was all eyes on Virginia, all throughout the state of New York, a lot went from blue to red. And it's not just about Republicans, conservatives, realizing that the state's at a breaking point. It's independent voters. There are millions of people who don't belong to the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, and they are thinking like Republicans right now. And then you have Democrats who feel like their party has gone too far left. There are a lot of people who are fed up with the likes of de Blasio and and AOC. One-party Democratic rule in D.C., Albany, and New York City. You're playing a clip of a very real policy proposal being finalized right now in our state capitol where they want to ban all gas hookups on new construction. Meanwhile, the Marcellus and Utica shells are named after New York towns. We can safely extract our own natural gas, our own natural resources, and create jobs and generate revenue and revitalize communities. There are a whole bunch of different pipeline applications sitting up in Albany that are delayed or denied. Those should get the green light, too. Uh, We can not only be uh, providing energy throughout New York, we could be exporting it to other states. We could even be exporting it to other countries. And I feel like right now the average New Yorker, regardless of your ideology, your political affiliation, where you live, 
you feel like your, your safety, your wallet, your freedom, the quality of your kids' education, they are all under attack. So this isn't just some campaign for governor. This is a rescue mission to save our state. And I'm seeing it. I'm feeling it on the ground. Things are going in, in the right direction. I, I feel very confident in our ability to win this race. Tell me how a skyscraper can be built in New York City with these new regulations she's proposing for 2027. Oh, you can't. There's just there's no way in, in all practicality to be able to do what they are setting out to do. Now, they, they passed their ban on that safe extraction of natural resources because Mark Ruffalo and Yoko Ono and their other uh, celebrity friends were all putting political pressure on Democrats up in Albany. Now, all of the scare tactics of why they said you can't tap into that resource was proven over the course of this last decade to not be true because Pennsylvania and other states are tapping into the same resource in the same shale, and none of what they fear-mongered is actually happening elsewhere. So what happened in New York City? The Williams Pipeline was going to be coming uh, into and through New York City, and de Blasio, Jumani Williams, who's the New York City public advocate, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and all of their friends, they all block this new pipeline. So natural, National Grid and Con Ed say, well, I guess no one can hook up uh, into gas going forward. And then the New York City Council actually passed a new law saying no hookup. And these same Democrats, outsized power of self-described socialists up in Albany, they're saying we should do the same thing for the whole state. It's unaffordable and it's also impractical because there isn't enough of the resource to be able to supply energy throughout New York. Every governor has talked about the issue of natural gas extraction because there are tremendous uh, assets, natural resources in upstate New York that are available. Pennsylvania next door is doing it, and it has dramatically impacted the economy there. We had Dr. Oz, who's a Republican Senate candidate in Pennsylvania, who I'm supporting, and, and he pointed out that the, in the, I think it was the Susquehanna area of Pennsylvania in particular, uh, that medium family income went up $20,000 in a very short period of time just because they extracted natural gas. Uh, would you, do you think you would be able to work with the New York legislature and get that done because it would create so many high paying career jobs for people? It would revitalize upstate New York, which everyone's talked about now for decades and it's never happened. It would be good for the overall, um, income and we could reduce taxes in the state of new york for once and and get it more in line with the rest of the country it, it seems like a no-brainer to me but every democratic governor has resisted it it is a no-brainer and it should get done and i'm fully in support of that and the people who live uh, along the southern tier where new york borders pennsylvania they see right across the border all this prosperity which is being denied to the southern tier and some other counties that sit on these shells they want to be able to tap into it you're talking about for a, a county like broom county where the city of binghamton is where you can go drive past binghamton plaza and see you know a dozen different storefronts vacant it's a couple billion dollars just for Broome County. These individual counties all would become prosperous as soon as it's allowed. Now, on top of winning the race for governor, we also have to get uh, more conservatives elected to the New York State Senate and the New York State Assembly, which is going to happen. There will be a bunch of new Republicans elected to the Assembly and, and the Senate, and that's going to help. 
but for me, as far as who's the commissioner of the Department of Environmental Conservation, how we're interpreting laws, and as we look at that uh, stack of pipeline applications on our desk, it's time for us to start stamping them approved to get this work uh, get, getting done, as opposed to uh, pandering. I mentioned Mark Ruffalo. I mean, he just tweeted about this a day or two ago where he's advocating for banning all gas hookups on new construction. They're, they're looking to appease the, the far left. It's about fundraising. It's about lighting hair on fire with untruthful fear-mongering. So we're going to have to also use our podium and the soapbox to get the facts out there. And again, as I pointed out, show that it's happening in Pennsylvania and elsewhere. And none of what you're saying is going to happen in, uh, in New York is actually happening anywhere else. Quick break. More with Republican candidate Lee Zeldin for governor of New York. Uh, this poll is pretty amazing. More on the other side. And your call's final half hour straight ahead. We continue with gubernatorial hopeful, Republican gu- gubernatorial hopeful Lee Zeldin of New York. It's pretty unbelievable. Uh, I can tell you, I never really thought New York could make the, the switch and the turn. And I'll tell you why. Because the exodus out of New York because of high taxes, burdensome regulation, draconian COVID measures that have been put in place. It is absolutely altered forever, maybe even, the quality of life for people in New York. So they said they've had enough. And that's why so many people in New York, New Jersey, Illinois, California, they're all leaving. But I, I can see that people are being, their minds are shifting, their attitudes are shifting, and they're sick and tired of it. And then they see other states like Florida, Tennessee, the Carolinas, Texas, and that they're living much better existences. And yet there's still an allure to New York. I mean, people love New York City. It was once the greatest city in the world. It could be again if they would ever implement the Rudy Giuliani policies on law and order and crime. So there is hope here that I didn't really have. You know, for example, Curtis Sliwa had a very good showing running for mayor in New York, and he did it with virtually no money as a Republican against Eric Adams. Uh, and yet every union throw millions and millions of dollars at, at Eric Adams. But you can already see that he, he seems no better than his predecessor, um, Bill de Blasio. And you can see that that even AOC's base in New York is, is kind of, they, they kind of feel alienated by her. So I think there's something changing I don't know. It's a uphill battle, certainly for you, but I see it, the odds turning in your favor fairly dramatically. And I was a little shocked by that poll showing you within the margin of error. Yeah, we only need 29% of the vote inside of New York City. If you run for mayor of New York City, you have to win New York City. You run statewide as a Republican, you can only lose New York City by 40 points. 29% of the vote needs 60% in Suffolk County and 55% in Nassau County and 43% in Westchester County. We ran the numbers for every county in this entire state. I've now won seven consecutive races in purple New York City suburban districts on Long Island, and that's not just with the votes of Republicans. My congressional district has just as many Democrats as it does Republicans. We get votes from independents and Democrats, too, because we're focused on the issues that matter most to voters. And right now in New York, they, they don't feel safe outside of their streets. So that Asian-American community sees one of their own pushed in front of an oncoming subway car getting killed or murdered in their lower Manhattan apartment. Someone wearing a yarmulke getting beaten up a few days ago again in Brooklyn because they're Jewish or the Sikh cab driver getting targeted because they might look a little different to that criminal. Uh, we should repeal Castle's bail. We should fire district 
district attorneys like Alvin Bragg who refuse to enforce the law. We should unapologetically back the blue. When I'm talking to black and Hispanic uh, voters, families with their kids stuck in poor-performing New York City public schools, their families stuck in multi-generational poverty, and they hear conservatives talking about how their kids should have access to a quality education, that we want to lift the cap on charter schools, tax credits for school choice, educational savings accounts, school vouchers, parental involvement, curriculum and, and a textbook transparency, and that list goes on of what you see sitting well, incumbents talk about elsewhere and what we're talking about here. I think we'll win over a whole lot of swing votes, more than enough to win. Where can people learn more about your platform only because of the constraints of time? Zeldin for New York, Z-E-L-D-I-N-F-O-R, ZeldinforNewYork.com. All right. And uh, people, I, the, I don't know. I, I, I'm beginning to feel we're gonna a wave win. building and uh, I really, if New York flips, it will. it will shock the nation. And we're watching this closely. Congressman, good to have you back on. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Sean. 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. Dan Abrams, um, who I've known for a long time, and get, I, we've always got along with Dan Abrams. I've been on his show. He's been on my show. And uh, anyway, he runs a number of media sites. Um, uh, Law and Crime is one of them. Is that what it's called? Law and Crime? I think it's called Law and Crime. Mediaite, which is like an industry um, website, and it's always full of, you know, pretty interesting information. Um, now does his own TV show. He also did Live PD, which was one of the biggest TV breakout hits. And I wish they'd bring it back. I, I have no idea why they they canceled that show. Um, I think a lot of it was came after the it was part of the fallout of, of the George Floyd incident. Um, I like the idea of cameras on cops. I've been calling for that for years. We now have most police uh, police officers with with photo cams on them, live cams on them so they can record what the interactions they have with the public, which I think is a good thing. He's always been really pro police, always been very nice to me. Um, and anyway, on his show is just ripping the left wing media for not verifying the Hunter laptop story in the beginning and also talked about what a shameful moment it is for, you know, big tech and social media companies banning the Hunter Biden story and pointing out that conservative media is trying to lump together Hunter and Joe, which is my, the only point I disagree with because Joe is the big guy. It's in the emails and while Joe Biden publicly said repeatedly he's never spoken to his son about his foreign business dealings, now we have pictures of Joe Hunter and his foreign business dealing partners uh, going to dinner together. So uh, I think the I think the information is uh, coming out that yeah that's true. June, Joe knew everything, and even Hunter whining about having to pay his father's bills and you know. Tony Bobolinsky referencing who the big guy is. Anyway, listen to Abrams' uh, comments on this. Now, it turns out that it seems that at least a lot of what was on that laptop is true. And here's where the problem is from the left-leaning media perspective, which is why didn't they make any effort to try to verify it? In particular, 
The moment that Hunter Biden admits that he's under federal investigation, so now we're in December of 2020, it's really just in the last month or so that the mainstream or the left-leaning media have begun to, to say, yeah, well, you know, what was on the laptop, a lot of it really seems to be true. The question is, why did it take so long when it comes to something as significant, I would argue, as not just the president's son in potential trouble, but the possibility that the president's son at the least, sorry, uh, you know, at the time, used the vice president's name, his the former vice president's name to do business in China, potentially elsewhere. Those are legitimate questions, I think, that the media didn't have. Well, there's no question that it was an embarrassment to the social media giants that this was uh, banned from being shared, right? Mm -hmm. It was declared misinformation. I mean, there's no question that that's a, a shameful moment um, that they that they isolated this piece and said, oh, you, know, you can't share this. This is disinformation, etc. Because there was no evidence that it was disinformation. Now, it is true that when you think about the story at the time, it sounds insane, right? right. The, Oh, yeah. Hunter Biden goes to some random computer shop and just happens to leave his computer there and forgets to pick yeah, it up. Rudy Giuliani picks yeah, it up. Right. Yeah, Rudy Giuliani picks yeah. it up. I mean, the story is a bit, you know, hard to believe. But that doesn't mean that the mainstream media, A, shouldn't have done more to try to see is this true or not, and B, the level of censorship that it got. Um, on was, social media. Oh, on yeah. social media, et cetera, was clearly a mistake. So the left-wing media deserves criticism for the Hunter Biden coverage and lack of coverage. But what, what many on the right are trying to do is they try and use the term the, bride, the Biden crime family, right. the Biden this, the Biden. And it's like, whoa, 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 let's be specific about who in the Biden family we're talking about. What do we know? As of right now, there are isolated allegations um, about, well, Joe Biden was supposed to be able to get uh, a piece of the action, et cetera, money that he never actually got and that in and of itself should show that he was corrupt i mean the, as of today there is no evidence now the right would say well the reason there's no evidence is because people aren't digging they're not looking hard enough to try and find it and why are they not believing um a former business partner of hunter biden's who says that the big guy joe biden was supposed to get a piece of this well you know the wall street journal was given all of the information the Journal, not the Times, not the Washington Post. Rupert Murdoch's journal. Correct. Yeah. Was given all of the information in connection with this guy, Tony Bubalinski, who was this uh, friend and, and business partner of, of Hunter Biden's. And they came to the conclusion that we don't see anything here which implicates Joe, Joe Biden himself. Now, that doesn't mean that the question can't be asked. But, but don't ask it in a disingenuous way, which is, well, you know, I just am wondering what Joe Biden's... Well, as of right now... There is no evidence right. of Joe Biden's role. If you've got some some facts, if you want to talk specifics about an email or what do we know, fair enough. But what you're yeah. seeing from some on the right wing media is this effort to kind of lump together Hunter and Joe. So you remember the president said over and over again, I've never on a single time ever talked to my son, zero experience Hunter about his foreign business dealings. Well, we have pictures that prove that prove that he's lying. Uh, Jen Psaki echoes that lie yesterday. The president never spoke to Hunter about his business dealings, but we've got pictures. Listen. And the president has said that he never spoke to his son about his overseas business dealings. Is that still the case? Yes. Now, we have Joe Biden saying that his son is innocent. Now, remember, the Department of Justice is part of the executive branch of government. 
It's a big deal. Anyway, so the Department of Justice, Jen Psaki, says they, they'll decide if there needs to be a special counsel for the Hunter Biden case. There needs to be. Jonathan Turley made the case. Ken Starr made the case. Here's Jen Psaki saying it, but I promise you, she doesn't believe it. A lot of stories about Hunter Biden surfacing this week. So to ensure the independence of the investigation, would the president support the appointment of a special counsel? Well, first, the president has never had a conversation with the Department of Justice about any investigations into any member of his family. He said that during the campaign, and he will continue to abide by that. So I'd point you to the Department of Justice for any additional steps they would take. They would make those decisions independently. All right, let's get to our busy phones. Many of you have been very patient. Uh, let's say hi to Mike in California. Mike, how are you? What the hell are you doing out there? I know the weather's great, but I know there's a lot of in-and-out burgers there, but uh, there are cheaper <laughs> places to live. Yeah, I called you. Uh, I'm uh, second time calling you. I was that truck driver telling everybody to stay home. I don't know if you remember me. Well, well why did you tell them to stay home? Just because, uh, you know, I don't want everybody blockading or causing trouble out there because they could take advantage of that. Do you remember I said? Oh, you mean the convoy? Just, yeah. yeah no, the convoy. I, I don't have a problem with freedom of speech. I don't have a problem with people, you know, expressing their differences with their government. Uh, you know, I think that in a free society, it's, it's critical that we have the right to do that. And it has to be done peacefully. Didn't happen in the summer of 2020. Uh, and nobody, there's no committee investigating that. They only care about one riot that suits their political narrative, not the 574 riots that killed dozens of people, injured thousands of cops and caused billions in property damage. You know, so things can get out of hand with crowds. But the antidote to that is policing. And good policing and crowd disbursement, you know, techniques that we know work, including tear gas. Um, is it pleasant to watch a crowd being dispersed? No. Uh, but if people are getting violent or out of control, that's that's the only option police have. It's, and it's non-lethal. Yes, sir. Well, the reason why I called today was uh, about the, uh, the, the talk about everybody's thinking we're going to have a landslide this coming election. And Don't I fall think for that it. we are, I think we're definitely behind just looking at the Article 5 Convention of States. We only have half of that going for us. So we really need to stop talking like it, like we're going to win. That's what I wanted to say. No, I think we, I look, my honest take is I think this is going to be a change election. Uh, how big it is, I don't know. It's too early to tell. Um, I'm taking nothing for granted. I will say that to you on Election Day in November. I'll say it to you in the days and weeks and months leading up to Election Day. I never take any election for granted. But certainly, we've never had a situation where a president has messed up so badly than this one, and things have turned so dramatically worse uh, under a president than this one. I, I, I could make a pretty compelling argument in a pretty short period of time that Joe Biden is by far the worst president in my lifetime. So the conditions are such that when you have a 40-year high of inflation, record high gas prices, a disaster at the border, you run out of COVID tests, and you're not producing monoclonal antibodies, uh, you artificially reduce the world's supply of energy, and now we have, we're paying record prices for a gallon of gas and for everything we buy in every store we go to. Uh, you want an airline ticket? It's going to cost a hundred bucks more. Everything is costing more. 
It's costing each American household thousands and thousands of dollars. Bloomberg estimates around $5,200 extra dollars a year because of Biden inflation. So the conditions are ripe for change, uh, and this being a change election, uh, but never underestimate a Republican Party's ability to screw it up. So uh, I'm I'm telling everybody, stay focused and do not get overconfident and and fight as if the country is at stake because it is this is a an inflection tipping point election america's future is literally hanging in the balance if the democrats were to hold on to the house and the senate there is no check and balance one party rule in washington and if they ever god forbid picked up seats it would be a disaster it would be build back better socialism. We'd never be able to undo the damage that they want to cause. And only because of we got lucky. Joe, Joe uh, Manchin and Kristen Cinema have they been held in check way more than they otherwise would have been. So we can't count on them. It's up to Republicans to make the case of what how they will change things around and make this country better make our schools better, make our cities and towns safer, uh, how we can become energy independent, what we'll do to control our borders, how therapeutics will be fast-tracked and warp-speeded so that anybody that gets COVID can get treatment right away, available at a moment's notice. Those are things that work. Also, the idea of peace through strength. So there's, there's a lot of work to do. The agenda is not hard to lay out. The Republicans just have to want it. Anyway, Mike, God bless you for what you do. We appreciate it. Uh, let's say hi to Joe in Florida. Joe, what's going on, sir? Glad you called. Mr. Hannity, I'm a big fan. Uh, I just want to talk about how I think the Clintons changed everything when they got in the 90s. Corruption is just like it went to a whole new level when they went in power. You know, if you look, they cleaned out mm-hmm. the Justice Department. Hillary took all the files. Everybody filed, Republican and Democrat. And I think it was a big turning point for the country in a bad way. Listen, and then, you know, Democrats used to try to hide their socialism. Democrats hid their true agenda. Now they're just, the party has gone so far radical left, they're actually saying what they always believed. And well, and these are things that they used to try to work through the courts, through judicial activism, things they could never get done at the ballot box or legislatively. Now that now they are getting it done, they're say, they're fighting to get it done, and they have now opened themselves up, I think, and exposed themselves to people that may have doubted what their true intentions are. I never doubted it. Mr. Hannity, the border, they used to talk about sealing the border. They used to talk about border security. We have 7,000 people a day. And I think somebody should make a chart on how many of them go on welfare, food stamps, and what it costs uh, the average taxpayer. I'm an ex-Suffolk County resident. You know, the, uh, what it costs the schools in Suffolk County because you got these kids coming in that don't even speak English. They're behind. They're in the fifth grade. Listen, they, every I, I got to run because I'm looking at the t- clock. But let me tell you what you're saying. Is all these people that are dropping off in the dark of night, uh, that don't have any money, those states have to provide food, water, shelter, medical care, education for, you know, millions of people that do not respect our laws, borders, or sovereignty. 
And that burden is being passed on to us. We're the ones that pay that bill. We can't afford to pay it. And that's why we need the secure border policies that Trump had in place so this doesn't happen. That's why this next election is actually the the inflection point I'm talking about. Anyway, I wish I had more time. Thanks for a good call. 800-941-SEAN, our number. All right, that's going to wrap things up for tonight. Uh, Hannity, 9 Eastern, Fox News channels. Oh, our friend Senator John Kennedy, Senator Ron Johnson tonight, Kevin McCarthy, Adam Carolla, who will give reaction to my Sean Penn interview, Leo 2.0, Terrell, Kaylee McEnany, all coming up tonight. Set your DVR, 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox. We'll see you tonight. Back here tomorrow. Thank you for making this show possible. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.